What's happening? What's happening? Welcome back to hashtag Ask the Phoenix, where we give you all the game we can muster to try to free your mind from the everyday mundane. This is episode 35. It's big because we didn't even know we would have episode number one. It's 35, right, Goose? Yes, it is. So before we even get into what episode 35 is, which is a special one, just know that we claim to know nothing at all. The more we learn, the more we realize we know nothing at all. So I stay curious out here. Stay imaginative. So today we're talking about contingency readiness. For those in the back, I say contingency readiness. What is contingency readiness? I'm glad you asked. So contingency readiness is is, is basically a plan. Um, where you assess whatever risk profile that you or your company, your organization might be or have. And the contingency is a plan that you come up with underneath your foolproof plan to succeed, whatever it may be. So I first heard of contingency readiness while I was in the Air Force. We had to, what you would call, stay ready at all times. So it would be times like in peacetime where we would be working 16-hour shifts, like supporting our regular missions with the kind of gusto that we would in like a troop movement during quote-unquote like war conflict time. So at that time, you know, me, 18, 19, 20, 20, you know, 21 years of age is like, man, like, why we got to do this? Like, why are we out here? It's raining, whatever, 16 hours. I used to be falling asleep on the flight line, all kind of stuff, and K-loaders, all kind of stuff, man. they calling me crazy over the radio. But, man, did it teach me a lesson, man. I got messed up out there too. I think that's that's when I messed my knees up too, Goose. Uh, jumping in and out of them them bread trucks and uh, using get yeah them pallets with the K loader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll do sixteen hour days, and you ain't used to nothing like that. It was man, I fell asleep driving a step truck while a C one thirty was coming out. A C one thirty is a prop plane, a propeller plane. 
and I fell asleep on the flight line driving. Dude. It's crazy, dog. That's I'm telling you, I'm borderline narcissistic, man. When sleep comes for me, much. it just come, dog. It come. Once I fell asleep at, just, during having sex that one time, it was over. You just... <laughs> you just go till you sleep though. I think that I don't know if you're narcoleptic. You just literally like you work yourself until you don't have anything left. That's Yo, that's a good way. That's a good way of looking at it, Goose. Good looking. I ain't never think about it like that. Yeah, you just you just work yourself all the way until you like pass out. That's 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 most people like have kind of have like a schedule where they're like, all right, well, I'm in bed around this time. I'm usually tired around this time. So this is normally the time I like go to bed. You kind of just fall asleep wherever you are. Because <laughs> you, you go until there's nothing left in the tank, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're moving until there's nothing left. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being like, all right, well, I got to get to bed at this time or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I probably should do that though. I probably should set some time to be in the bed, but it's it's hard to do that, man. It's hard to do that when you got you got shit you you trying to do and shit you want to do, shit that ain't done yet. Um places where you see yourself and then the dreaded something comes out of the complete sideline and fuck your whole shit up. Right. You know what I mean? You're doing everything you're supposed to do the quote unquote right way and then all of a sudden something happens that was totally unprepared. What the fuck you gonna do then? You let your homie use your car then all of a sudden your homie go missing for 18 hours. You like, I know my shit gotta be crushed. That's the only reason why they ain't answering. I talk to this person all the time. You talk to them, they like, man, I don't know how to tell you, man, but I crashed your shit up. You go to your girl. You like, yo, I love you. I want to be with you and only you for the rest of my life. As a matter of fact, here you go take this ring. And she said, you know what? I had other plans. <laughs> you paying all your bills on time. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. You satisfying your property manager. Then all of a sudden they come with an eviction letter for you. Just saying that they don't want to further business with you. Oh. So heavy. Oh, man. So, Goose, do we get in trouble for playing music? They ain't let me play my music on IG last week. Oh, I don't know about that, but I know on YouTube, they're definitely taking it down. They take it down. They, they warn me, but they don't take it down on YouTube. But I don't see, like, what's the, what's the damage? Well, I mean, you can't monetize it, though. So like, oh, so they like we need to like get let it. you rock, but like you can't. And then you're like, like they'll let it go. And then like if it gets big enough, I mean, like you might get sued. But what's the difference between this and and and, and letting it play in a coffee shop? What do you mean? Like if this is playing in a coffee shop, because well, they're like at the coffee shop, they're probably playing it on like Pandora or something. It was like already. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Already paid for. for uh, so if I'm for whatever third party thing they're. Like um, you know what I'm saying? Whether they bought the CD or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like it's already paid for. So if I take a streaming platform um, and build my playlist on the streaming platform, that would be better. Versus no, because no, because if it, if I mean if you're like 
if you're playing it like and you like we record it like video record it and put it on YouTube, like those songs aren't we're not cleared to like play those songs and like monitor like make because like they might feel like we're making money off like other people's music. So like it's not it's not clear. You got to get like permission from the labels. So is this is we making money off other people's music? No, but like they'll look at it as like say we were making money off this, they would look at it as like you're only making money, or part of the reason you're making money is because, because of the music that's there. playing in the background. It's because our music's on there. Yeah, because people are tuning in to maybe hear a song. So that's why so wow. they're gonna they're gonna come get their portion of the pie every time. Mm. Well, it'd be like that. I mean, well, I've had mad mixes taken down for shit like that. And what was your contingency? What did you do? I would just make two versions of the mix, one without the song, one without that song, or or and one with it, or I would bury it deeper into the mix so, like, couldn't really tell, or I would speed it up enough where it wouldn't register. Because most of those things are, like, automatic, so, like, automated. So oh, I so could, you could speed up the... I could speed up the tempo of the songs, or I could, low, or I could slow it down. So and because you've it altered up. that, it's not... So I would speed it up so that like the automated thing doesn't recognize it. Nice. Like so, like say like with some of my mixes, like if you were like say you didn't know what song was playing and you pulled out your Shazam to like be like, oh, what song is this? Like I want I want to know. I want to add this to my playlist. Like it might not register as that song. I've had that happen plenty of times. Like Damn. my boys in the car and be like, yo, what song is this? And he'll go to Shazam it and it'll fucking it'll come, come up, up some crazy shit. song and I have to tell him what the song is. Because it's sped up, they can't tell that it like the automated. Like that shit I was asking you about on IG for that pool party that one time. Yeah. With fucking. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like the Duce Palooza joint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your your contingency was to speed it up. I either speed it up or I'll like like I said I'll either I have a couple like like options I'll either take depending on where the song is a mix I'll either take it out and replace it with a different song or just cut that part out completely or. I'll just speed it up or slow it down, so like enough because I know like un, like how much it, it won't register at. Right. I've gotten good at it at this point to know like. Whatever. So why don't you help me out, man? You just gotta speed it up. All right. I'm gonna <laughs> try to do that then. So you see, like something that simple, right? If you see how we lace that in there, if you're paying close attention, you know we go off on tangents sometimes, but we we try to be. We use that as thoroughfare. We try to bring that right back. We only sweet if we can bring that right back into the conversation at hand. You know what I mean? So I asked Goose a question about the music and the trouble I was having with IG. And, and Goose said that they do that to me all the time. So what I started to do was alter the songs, either speed them up and slow them down or slow them down. And that was good enough to let my... my uh my playlist get a full, like it's full of plays. So you see what I'm saying? That was something that was completely blindsided. Maybe he could even see that that was happening, but it didn't stop him. You know what I mean? A lot of us are, we alter our steps to failure. You know what I mean? Instead of altering our steps to our creative, you know what I mean? Whatever our endeavor is, we alter our steps. If I fail at this, then maybe the same for me and you stop. You know what I mean? But what you have to understand with uh, contingency readiness is that's the point of cultivating that level of mindset. Like, I know that I was born into a fucked up situation. I know that, right? So 
I need to develop a contingency mindset that says that, okay, this is never not going to be a fucked up situation. So how am I or what am I doing or what might I do in order to satisfy my mission? You know what I mean? So let's take let's take it a little bit deeper and then we'll come back to the surface of uh what we were talking what I was talking about earlier with being in the military and that contingency readiness. I'll give I'll give the standard definition. For now though, because for, for the sake of what this podcast is, Shattering Slavitude, I want to go over what um um, Jim Lukaszewski uh, considers a contingency mindset. mindset. So he says uh, a contingency mindset throughout your readiness thinking and planning acknowledges that as comprehensively and as carefully as you prepare for the communication, contact, interactions, and engagement that will be expected of us throughout the course of a crisis and your forecast responses applying all of your years of experience, there will still be those off-the-wall, large and surprising situations and circumstances that blindside. Coming from nowhere, these events will be extremely timely, or excuse, excuse me, will be extreme time, extremely time and attention-consuming and very costly to manage, mitigate, control, or overcome. Extensive blindside thinking, may already be embedded in your plans and strategies, including crucial, persistent vulnerability points that have already been signaled by those who always oppose, criticize, intentionally mischaracterize, and sensationalize. It goes on to give this very powerful quote, y'all, that neither the media, the toughest opponents, smartest critics, nor the government knows enough to defeat you. Come on. Defeat, defeat is almost always the work of an uninformed or overconfident, overly optimistic bosses, co-workers, and associates talking because the boss is silent. Well-meaning but uninformed friends, relatives covering for the organization or from, from dysfunction in an organization. So what that means is if you take the whole of America, right? And how we became this entity, this institution, right? It's an effed up situation, right? But you have to acknowledge that, that, okay, cool. I was born in an effed up situation, a dysfunction within an organization. So that's like being on drugs and going to rehab, like I mentioned before. When you get out of rehab, it doesn't matter that you've gotten out of rehab and you go back to that community that you were already in because at that point, it's only a matter of time before you back at those shenanigans again. You misbehaving because your press calls for it. Again, your press is your community, your environment. It calls for you to respond in those sorts of ways, right? To eat yourself and you stay silent. 
the boss stays silent. That's what it said, right? It says, defeat is almost always the work of an uninformed or overconfident, overly optimistic bosses, co-workers, and associates talking because the boss is silent. So you could be feeling good. You could be a visionary and be like, yo, we're going to make this problem. I'm telling you, we got it crop. We got it rocking. We're going to do whatever we say we're going to do. There are some people that sit into the side like it ain't going to work just because I don't want it to work. They think they got it all figured out. That's the kind of shit you can't prepare for. Right? Somebody put a price on your head. Not for all bad things. Somebody put a price on your head for whatever reason. Right? Your killer's going to come with smiles on their face. You'll never even know it. How do you prepare for that? How do you plan on that? It's so busy. It's so great that you got me in your pocket because we're going we gonna to discuss all of that today. We're going to discuss all that. So we're going to stay with uh, Jim Lukaszewski, Goose, and we're going to talk about the patterns uh, of, a, of opposing strategy that often trigger contingent events in which those opposing you hope to create. These general strategy, strategies include constantly raising the negatives. You have people constantly raising the negatives on you? I think everybody does. Come on. And you just got you just lost you just got out your position on your day off, right? Right. <laughs> Shit crazy. So you got imagine you got you constantly got somebody around you. What are you gonna do without the job now? Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna go? You just got a brand new car. Yeah, that would stress me out. You don't have room to think. Right. <laughs> you don't have any kind of room to think right. to be like, okay, let me try to figure something out. Because this motherfucker's sucking all the energy out of the room. However, they're doing the best that they can. Right. You got to stay calm and be like, okay, this person is doing the best that they can, but I have to be mindful that their best is not my best. You know what I mean? Right. That's cold-blooded. It's like, I got to be thinking that's driving, right? I got to be driving for you and me. You see what I'm saying? For sure. That shit crazy. So number two, exposing and expanding victim testimony and visibility. Oh. So this is where a motherfucker like, this is what's real hard, right? This is hard to get a cheerleader. It's hard for you to get a cheerleader. So this is a motherfucker that's, that's exposing and expanding what you look like as a victim. Like, I told you to stop hanging with them. I told you don't go over there. Look at you now. I told you to get up on for work on time. You ain't going to never achieve what you're trying to achieve by. You think you're going to be able to pumping criteria into you endlessly. Not of you can't. Not of you, not of you can. But of you can't. Poison. Number three, building emotional resistance to your efforts. So not sharing in the wealth of your experiences like celebrating you and your wins is or you were supposed to do that. 
oh, you got lucky. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You be on a thousand, they bring they find a way to bring you to negative 10. They devise a way. And we know these people. We allow them to do it too because they love us. And we love them. And why not? They're doing their best. Right? <sighs> Wrong. <laughs> Number four, promoting additional spectacular threats. I think that speaks for itself. You trying to point out more shit in my lane to help me manifest more of the bad than the good. (coughs) Excuse me, y'all. See, that would be Goose saying, look at you. Look at you. You're talking too much. You need some fucking water. (laughs) Number five, selling fear, environmental damage, health and safety degradation, persistent unanswerable allegations. So that's like, uh, I think I say that's a fancy way of saying st- uh, superstitions. Okay. I ain't going over the bridge because just my luck, the bridge will fall this time. Right. I ain't flying in the plane shit. They ain't going to kill me. They got to work a little harder than that. Like, huh? Come on, man. Seeking ways to raise uh, project and response costs, like that's too expensive. You doing? You guys doing a podcast? Y'all gonna waste all that money to get started on that equipment and all that? It ain't going nowhere. Slowing down or preventing the support of others, like man, shit. Why you gonna give? Why you gonna go over there and give him? Where you gonna get them ten thousand? Ain't no need to do that, man. You need to be worried about you. You got a family. You got shit you need to be focused on. All right, shit. It might be right, but if a person feel moved to do something for you or you know, somebody you know or somebody that they, they feel like is is deserving of their support. Why talk them out of it? You know what I mean? Why not find ways that which they could still do what they're trying to do? You know what I mean? Win-win scenarios. Um, number eight, aggressively enrolling, tracking, obligating key decision makers to keep them from helping you. That's cold-blooded. That's those persons that be like, no, he ain't ready. He or she ain't ready. Even your parent that was like, no, let's let him repeat the fourth grade. Because even though you passed, but you ain't ready. You know what I mean? If I ain't ready, well, get me some after school tutoring, man, but let me move forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't, 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 don't stop something from helping me grow. You know what I mean? That's just crazy to me, man. You know what I mean? There's even thinking about that. Like somebody enlisting somebody that was about to help you, they'd be like, "Uh, I wouldn't do that. That's crazy. Number nine, agitate, irritate, humiliate, legislate, and litigate. So I guess that's self-explanatory. You know what I mean? So amidst all of this, I missed all of these things. You have to keep a cool mindset and a high emotional quotient to where you can make decisions in large scale, right? Because uh, Jim uh, Lukaszewski went on to talk about a pre-authoring action, a pre-authorizing action. What I like to call not asking for uh, not asking for permission, but af- asking for forgiveness if needed. Um, 
that's what contingency thinking is because something pop off, right? You're a babysitter and, and the baby is, 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 it seems to not be, the airway seems to be blocked or something. They're not breathing as, as, as clear as they normally would. Do you find the parents, call the parents wherever they are and, and alert them of what's happening or do you immediately go over there and help the child? Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if you bruise the child up and saving their lives, I'd rather ask for forgiveness of bruising them up because I needed to do what I needed to do in that meantime to say, I'm sure you wanted a, a happy, healthy baby instead of a dead baby. You know what I mean? Or a dead kid. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, is it when I gave an example? There was an example that was given up here uh, about 9-11 where they lost, a, a, a firm lost like 650 employees of the 900 employee firm. And two weeks later, they were still able to, re they were still able to recover. You know what I mean? Right. Because of contingency plan set in place. So let me define it for, let me define it for us, Goose. What is a contingency? So we got several definitions for contingency as always, as we often do. Right? So the the first group of definitions is a, a possible but not very likely future event or condition eventuality. Number two is something dependent on a possible future event. Number three, a fact, event, etc., incidental to or dependent on something else. So from there we go down into the second or more, um, I don't know, maybe it's a newer definition or maybe an older definition. I see 1555 to 65 uh, up under it. But number one is the dependence on chance or on the fulfillment of a condition, uncertainty. A contingent event, a chance, accident, or possibility conditional on something uncertain. Something incidental to something else. Contingency. An emergency involving military forces caused by natural disasters, terrorists, subversives, or by required military operations. Due to the uncertainty of the situation, contingencies require plans, rapid response, and special procedures to ensure the safety and readiness of personnel, installations, and equipment. See also contingency contracting. Hold on, stay with me. I got some more for contingency readiness. Hold on. So Wikipedia goes on to say a contingency plan is a plan devised for an outcome other than in the usual expected plan. It is often used 
for for risk management for an exceptional risk that though unlikely would have catastrophic catastrophic consequences contingency plans are often devised by governments or businesses for example suppose many employees of a company are traveling together on an aircraft which crashes killing all aboard the company could be severely strained or even ruined by such a loss Accordingly, many companies have procedures to follow in the event of such a disaster. The plan may also include standing policies to mitigate a disaster's potential impact, such as requiring employees to travel separately or limiting the number of employees on one aircraft. During the times of crisis, contingency plans are often developed to explore and prepare for any eventuality. During the Cold War, many governments made contingency plans to protect themselves and their citizens from nuclear attack. Examples of contingency plans designed to inform citizens of how to survive a nuclear attack include the booklet Survival Under Atomic Attack, Protect and Survive, the Fallout Protection, which were issued by the British and American governments. Today there are contingency plans in place to deal with terrorist attacks or other catastrophes. So, at this point, we should be. Are you up to snuff with what a contingency plan is, Goose? Yeah, so, do you got an example of a time that you need or you had to maybe come up with a contingency plan? You know, just short of no notion to satisfy a mission that you were on. Um, I mean. A time where I didn't have one and like shit kind of hit the fan. And I guess I had to like go, like I guess I had to like make had to one freestyle. On the fly. Yeah, even had, better though. Had to make it a contingency plan on the fly. Even better. Let's hear it. First time I drove to New York City, um, I was we were like probably halfway there, and my car broke. We were fine. Got to the rest stop. When I came out of the rest stop to start my car, there was something wrong. It wasn't it wasn't firing up correctly. So. Uh, had to go get towed to like I'm in the middle of, I'm in the middle of nowhere in New York. Got towed to some random like car shop there. Slept in the parking lot in my car there. What? <laughs> and had because I had to wait Damn. for them. I had to wait for them to open. This is like two, three, four in the morning. So they don't open till like seven or eight. So I slept in my car for a couple hours after getting towed there. And then wow. uh, had to catch the first person coming in the morning and try to get them to fix my car like immediately so I can get back on the road. So uh did you have bread? I had money, but that's a, I just wanted to know because yeah, that's no, a that's a critical point. I did I did have money later on. That get but what I needed fixed took every like that was all I had for the whole time I was supposed to be in New York. So oh so when we got so when we finally got there, like my friend had, had to spot me while we were there until we got back home. And uh, but you had some bread at the bill too, though. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had money at the house, but I didn't have like the money I had like on me was like all I had on me to get my car fixed. Like that was that cost everything I had like on. Me. Damn. So, um, we went to, yeah, we went to the hotel, whatever. Finally got there, and then like that night, like overnight, my car got towed off the street. So we woke up in the morning and my car wasn't there. Like we thought we were about to get in the car and drive wherever. Car 
car wasn't there. So then I, I had to like call like the police police station. And I thought I, I thought my car got stolen, and they were like, wow. "Nah, it's towed, whatever." So you got to go to where what? to where it got towed to, like out in like over by the piers and shit. And obviously, I didn't have any money this time, so like I'm still looking at my friends. Like, so this is right after the this is right yeah, after right, the shit. Yeah, like that, like the next night. Get the fuck out, yeah, here, man. The next night. Wow. So then, so then we got there to uh, got over to the spot to get my car out, and then I had to like lean on them to be like, "Yo, you know, what I'm saying, spot me the money so we get back to to uh, so I can get my car out, and we can get home, and you know." That shit crazy. Yeah, so I had to come home and I owed some money. So, so, damn, like that's crazy, dog. So, like, how, like, how did you put together a contingency plan for traveling after that? Um, for me, it was just kind of like I made sure everyone else that I was with, like, was able to cover me. You know, so what that's saying? So, like, see, I, like yeah, I, yeah, see, that's I was dope. making sure that everyone else, like, because otherwise I'd have turned around right there, like, with that first time my car broke. If you down, was traveling with Busters, yeah. If, if if that first time my car broke down, like, if I'd have got to the shop and they would have told me it was all everything I had, and then I looked at them and I was like, yo, like, I made sure it was cool but with them was your first. Dog you know what I'm saying? Yeah, down. I made sure it was cool with them first. Like, yo, like, I was imagine because like, I was I was down to go home at that point. I was like, yo, like, I'm, we might as well just go back. But, forever. but and they were like, well. we'll We'll take care of you. You know what I'm saying? If, Imagine if, if they kept raising up the negatives though. Like, yeah. man, this is why I'm like going well, nowhere with you, Goo. When my car got towed, that's when like the negative shit started coming in. Like, when, one of my boys is like, yo, I'm about to just fly home. Like, I'm not about to give. I was like, yo, the money you're going to spend on a flight is way more than what it would cost for you to help me get my car out. You know, <laughs> so, like, you know what I'm saying? That's when that shit, because they, we were, we were sick, like to get in your um, car. Like, mm-hmm. New York, like everything's like, so that was slowing yeah, down was like, and preventing. Like, slow. We were sitting in this spot for like two, three hours trying to get my car out. Like, why? It's I don't know. This is how they move. It's just how the whole process moved. It was super slow. It was like being in the DMV or some shit. That was the so, stupidest like, thing ever. It was. Man. It was like a whole process. So like we were sitting there and like obviously we couldn't get to do the things we were trying to do. So like my one boy was like freaking out. He's like, "Yo, I'm about to just take a plane home, whatever." How the like, fuck you freaking out? And it's my shit. Though. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I'm the one that like. Is having all the trouble, like realistically, you could he could have just gave me the cash, and then you still could have went out and did what you were trying to do. He got the most home runs, and he still lost. That's what I'm saying by a lot. So, but that's what I'm saying though. Like you, like that was probably so much more. That was so much criteria from the list. That was constantly raising negatives. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, it was probably some exposing and expanding the victim testimony in there. For sure. Like this is your problem. Pretty this much is on my, you. My one boy, that's that's how he was asking me. He was like, yo, it's like it sucks your cars in there, but I like I'm But I got a way to get home. That's on he you. Was, he was basically like, yo, I'm about to just fly home. Like, I don't even care about none of this. Yes, seeking ways to raise uh project and response costs, slowing down and pre- preventing the support of others. Uh, aggressively enrolling, tracking, obligating key decision makers to keep from helping you. I'm telling you, y'all boys help him. Y'all stupid. Y'all stupid. So you see how that shit could go, though? Absolutely. God damn. So what do we do? So how do you? What do you think? How do you think we bust past that, Goose? How do you think we break past that? Break past which part? Like, um, I guess, 
going through those repetitive cycles of listening to people and I guess you, you using someone else's voice for validation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do you do you have to fail in order uh, to be able to trust yourself? I think I think so. I think that, like for me, I think that's how it like works for me. Like I like I feel like I do a pretty good job of not really like paying attention to like what other people are saying. Like I feel like I give myself enough anxiety where like no one else could give me more. Like where you're your saying, own like, worst I, like, enemy. The stuff you're saying to me, I've already like beat know, myself over, up, overthought to the max already. You're the you so, bitch like, ass so hearing it from someone else's mouth like really doesn't ever like phase me because I feel like I've already like you know what I'm saying I've already like sat there at night and thought about all those things, you know, as much as I could and and figured out how I'm gonna do it or you know haven't yet, but I'm okay. I'm comfortable knowing I will eventually. See, but that's but that still requires a certain level of trust on your behalf. That's what I'm saying. I think that comes from like me failing and knowing that like it was never the end for me. Like when I failed, I, I like I, it always came back around. Like I was I was able to figure it out. Do you think there is any qualities in that? Like anything that comes of that is of a of value. Yeah, and I mean, having like that kind of yeah, I mean, just like your resiliency mm. of being able. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like being able to know that, like you know, you might fall flat on your face, but like eventually you'll be able to get back up. You know what I'm saying? Like Rocky. Yeah, it's kind of it's you could you could definitely like a, like use that metaphor like any kind of boxing or like UFC. You know what I'm saying? These dudes get knocked out cold. They might be out for two three minutes, but I mean they end up walking out of the arena at the end of the night. You know what I'm saying? And with <laughs> something cold on their sleeve. Yeah. Or on her sleeve. <laughs> right. You know, it's like it's very like life's pretty similar to that. You know, but people see, are getting knocked out all the time. And but see, that's the point. Like, like if people get up, that's the point that I'm 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 trying to a larger point in there is effective decision making. Uh-huh. That's leadership technique. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. To be able to make serious decisions in a time of Crisis? Oh, my God. Everybody's looking for you. Right. And I'm not talking about those people that's like, oh, my God, I don't know what I would do in that kind of situation. I mean, they dope, too, because you don't know. Right. At least you're aware of the fact that yes, you I mean, don't know what you, are, what you would do in that situation. Like that still, you know what I'm saying? They still figure it out. Right. You know, they because might not they, have, they, like, a contingency plan, contingency plan, like, on deck, but, like, they... Throughout the process, they figure it out. I could be wrong. They work through it. I could be wrong. I don't have any research to support me on this one. But I think the people that freeze up when something pop off is those who who lack value. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, Because if you got values, um, that's like having a contingency readiness plan. Like, I'm constantly evaluating things through my value system. Yeah. Of integrity first, service before self, excellence in all I do, ebullience and collaboration. I'm constantly running things like, does this support that? Does right. this feed um, my spirit? Does this uphold my value? Um, and I feel like that's, I feel like that's in, that's closing that value gap between you and somebody else or uh, within your organization that keeps y'all not just moving forward but moving efficiently. Um, 
because now that you've taken a trip and some and the worst shit that could happen to you on that trip, like as far as your vehicle goes, right? You know that if that could happen to you, then there's no question of everything else that could happen to you on the road. Yeah, it's mad shit. Other shit that has happened. Your friends had emotional breakdowns on trips with you. Mm-hmm. It's been mad shit that happened on on trips. Yeah, like right. now you know, right. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, so as a like as a quote unquote OG in a game, if you was to go traveling with somebody else right now, you're gonna be like, it's certain things that you're gonna say that you need to have. Yeah. A motherfucker would call that a rider. You got a green room of life, and your rider is, I need all white MMs, right? Yeah. So, and I'm just being facetious right there, but you like, man, shit, if I'm going out of town, I'm not taking my car. Okay, or I'm gonna I, take my brand new car. I, I never uh I haven't drove to New York City with my car since. I've driven to New York City a couple of times after that, but not with my car. Like I decided after that, but I'm never taking mine again. Like someone else wants to put their car through that or whatever. Because even at that time, my car wasn't like beat up. You know what I'm saying? Like that was like that was like when the Apollo was still like fairly new. It was probably like two years old. It wasn't like beat up in any way. So like for something like crazy for that to happen, I was like, no, nah, I don't even trust. Like, Yo, I'm I, glad you never mentioned that when we was driving back from Boston with the Lex. Right, right. Because if you had to mention that, something probably would have happened. Yeah, fucked and then up. even when we got the lecture, shout out to that. shout out to Nance that was Big Jesse that was uh that that talked to us for about six, seven, yeah, eight hours ridiculous. straight on our way home. That was ridiculous. Good but conversation. Like, even, even with the even with the Lexus, like the headlight was like messed up or something, right? There was something wrong with it too. Like it was a lot of shit. It was a lot of shit fucked up with that shit. Like still, like it was like a thousand dollars worth of shit that still needed to be done with that motherfucker. Right. So like, I mean, even. But I didn't really like think about it too much. I figured it was to me. It seemed like it was good, good enough to get here. And we rode yeah. hard, but right. we had no contingency set at all. No, nah, not really. We had no contingency set. I mean, I guess set. I took comfort in knowing, like, I kind of was in that situation before, so I knew if it happened, like, we could have, we would have found our way. We would have problem solved. All right, yeah. but it was the it was like, but think about it. It was the middle of the night. Yeah, no doubt. But I mean, that's what happened to me. <sighs> But you knew what to night. do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that shit would have been a fucking I, headache, dude. But I know, it's a headache, but like I would have took comfort in knowing, but like, all right, well, I just got to call AAA. We'll get somewhere, and then like, you know what I'm saying? We could pay for whatever we got to pay for, and we'll be back on the road. It might just take us a little longer than we're expecting. See, I like to, and maybe we don't do this enough, damn Coco Golf. Um, I like having... Friends, man. Mm-hmm. It's something about knowing that I'm not alone in this event of crisis. No, no, don't get me wrong. I'm a problem solver. I've been in my issues alone. All right. But there's something about when you look to a person to the right or to the left of you and they're fighting with just as much vigor, with just as much gusto, with just as much heart, just as much passion and intensity. You know what I mean? As you are. You know what I mean? Even when you ain't displaying that, yeah. you can look over to them and be like, yo, we getting through this. We getting home. Right. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to my boy uh, at Kev Brown again uh, for being there in a situation with me right now where I had to I have to implement some contingency readiness and I needed a legal team. I'll be able to talk about it a little more later on um, to help me out in a situation right now where uh, it's, there's some marginalization that's that's happening. You know what I mean? 
and it, I'm totally blindsided by it. However, you know, I, I immediately wanted to the result of, you know, putting paydays in people's tanks and popping out of garbage cans. But, you know, that was some, that's a mentality that had me where I was and not affording me to get where to where I am and where I'm trying to go. So immediately what my mind thought of was friends. And uh, good friend Andy Burnett was like, you, he told me once before, if you ever need an attorney, let me know. Uh, but it was it was about something something else completely different. Um, it was about a car accident that wasn't that somebody hit us. Fucking Texan driver with no license hit it, ran into the back of us. Um, and he was like, "If you don't think you ain't being handled properly, you just let me know." So I remembered that, and and I was like, "Man, if he had an attorney then, maybe he got an attorney now." So I called him, and he was like, "No, but you know, if you need a lawyer, we lawyering up. I'm with you. You know what I'm saying?" So by myself, I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I just got to do what I got to do. Um, but to have people there like, yo, dog, yo, this is fucked up. We standing with you a thousand percent. It's what it is. Let's get it. That's like, ah. So to me, the best contingency readiness plan to have is a trust a trust, a gaggle of trust, a bunch of people that you trust thoroughly and they trust you, you know what I mean, to do what you do do. So that means you got social capital, relationship capital, experiential capital with these people and you've invested with them or in them, within them thoroughly, capital. You understand? So I like not having to think myself out of a jam every single time. You know what I mean? Because people need people. We need each other. And the best way to know if you got the right people in your circle is to consistently evaluate your values. That means always taking a look at those principles or those things, those words, those adjectives, those Nouns or whatever that hold you up, that, that you feel keep your knees strong when they're ready to buckle. You know what I mean? And there's some people listening to this right now that's going through some serious shit, right? They would probably be happy to have their car break down right now, Goose, or have their car um, towed, Right? Just last week, we had dude, that person jump off the building. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Landed from the Tim Hortons, I think it was. Right. Imagine you trying to get you a motherfucking morning coffee and a motherfucker just drop in front of you and it sound like a pumpkin opened up in front of you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Your life is never the same. All you was trying to do is go to work. For sure. But imagine the person that jumped. Imagine their life before that event. Yeah. I mean, did they have a great day? Did they wake up? Did they piss excellent? Did they get in the shower? Mm -hmm. Did they listen to their favorite Britney Spears song on their way to the job? You know what I'm saying? What was the catalyst? What was the thing that drove them over the top? And 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 like people was often wondering, like, but the first question is, how do they get up there? The thing is, when there's a will, there's a way. Right. This person was viciously willing to end their own suffering, their pain, and their life. And what did they do? Jump. I found the way. I found that way, and I did it expeditiously, mm -hmm. and I did it in a sure way. 
You know what I mean? And I believe that we leave too much of our lives up to chance or to the boss or uh, this is the way things work out or just whatever, man. Whatever kind of fodder is playing over and over again, ruminating over and over again in that collective consciousness of negativity, right? Or unconsciousness, I should say. Right? But to understand that within your weakness is vulnerability and that's complete human experience and it's my it's not even my responsibility it's, my, it's like my benefit right to share it with another human being and have them connect with me um, to release that oxytocin and be bonded with that individual and if they do me a favor at that point if they do you a favor at that point they care about you more than they even knew that they did that's the, that's research which research is showing so you know, it takes a really brave person in the midst of their world falling apart to ask for help. So that was really bold of you, Goose, to ask for help from your friends right there. And that was very cowardly of your friend to show up that way. Right. And I believe that, yeah, that was the best he could do in that time. But what he he was probably hurt. He probably didn't have no money either. No, he did. I mean, he was like basically throwing in my face that he would just fly home instead, which I said is like, which would be like, more expensive than like giving me the money to get my car out. So he had the money, but it, what's even worse is he was morally broke. Right. He was he was emotionally Pretty, corrupt. Yeah, exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Because what's the point of again? I rather have the people. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'd rather be broke together than rich alone, like kids say. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd rather be with my people. You know what I'm saying? And and to a fault, sometimes that I get that might hurt. Uh, that might hurt us. And potent folks that think like that, you know what I'm saying? Because you'll give, 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 and um, you might often find yourself not gaining in return. You know what I'm saying? And some of those relationships that you know, you have to know that you're architecting to be that way, right. because then that's you can do it deliberately. You know what I'm saying? Like you got a mom and a sister, and I know you like to take care of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And instead of you doing that, not to say that they can't take care of themselves, I'm just right. saying not, if you couldn't do that and you'd be like, damn, I wish I could be taking care of my mom and my sister. That's all I really want to be doing. You allow that to fuel your endeavor to say that I need this X amount of dollars. So, cause I still need to be able to do this, this and that. I still need to have a good time. Ada, 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 ada. Yeah, absolutely. Because you 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 allocate your funds due to a contingency plan of not having at some point, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's how we learn how to save sometimes. Okay. You know what I mean? Sometimes as, when you're smart, like when right. you're paying attention, when you're smart enough to learn from your mistakes and be like, okay, then I blew out this time. Yeah. And I'm baseball sliding into home this time as far as finances go. Yeah. You sure. know what I mean? Um, I'm living check to check however that may work out. Mm -hmm. And you have to fail sometimes so you can start to build an algorithm of success and, and winning and being like, okay, all right, I, I learned those ways that don't serve me. Now I'm implementing ways that do. Just hopefully you have the financial stamina to withstand you know what I mean? Like we was talking about earlier, and I said I was going to get to it. I think this is a proper segue to where contingency plans have to have 
some type of capital fuel. I mean, and it has to be in the reserves. You can't need uh, capital with any type of capital fuel, and you ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing in the reserves to barter. Because again, you might not have no money and you out of town. But your friends fuck with you so deeply that they like, yo, we gonna get through this, dog. We together, man. We gonna make this pop. I know you got me back or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's a hell of a plan. That requires you to be able to center yourself around the right people or persons, individuals. Any only way to do that is by seeing yourself accurately. Again, your values. You know what I mean? So, boom. Let's go right back into uh, contingency readiness and how the military uses it. So, the Army's definition for readiness is the Army defines readiness as the capability of its forces to conduct the full range of military operations, including defeat of all enemies, regardless of threats they pose, the threats they pose. In this regard, readiness is a function of how well units are manned, equipped, trained, and led. So let's separate the military from this, right? And let's use you, the individual listening to this podcast, as a sovereign individual, right? You're your own country, right? According to uh, the Army Sustainable Readiness Model, you, in, within your sovereignty, should be able to mobilize any of your resources at whim, right? You should be able to uh, either completely vanquish or mitigate any kind of threats against you, whatever it may be, environment or whatever. This should be a part of like your regular your, your attribute stash, your attribute queue. Like, am I ready? Am I ready right now? Something happened right now. Am I ready? You know what I mean? I, I remember it was certain times within my transition that I had to learn how expensive trouble was. You know what I mean? Like, if I get into something right now, I ain't even got bail money. You know what I mean? I ain't even got lawyer money, let alone bail money. It was certain times I'd be like, man, what the fuck I look like going to get into something and I ain't got no bail money? Or what the fuck I look like dying and I'm broke? You know what I'm saying? For sure. That should have had you walking with inner padded too. Because where I come from is just like, you know, like the people talk about that. People like, man, shit, and I had to pay for the nigga funeral, man. You know what I mean? Like he ain't even had the money for his funeral, man. Come on, man. What are you doing all this over here, man? <laughs> I mean, I ain't got no problem with it, but man. You know what I mean? Right. How you dying, you still leave a bill for somebody else. For sure. Insurance is a contingency plan. Right. 
I had to, I recently got life insurance for my boy, right? And um, within the life insurance plan, it's like we you could take life insurance out on your kid in New York State. You it's a cap on it because I guess motherfuckers will kill a kid just to get the money, right? Right. That shit crazy. Insurance fraud, people do it no matter. That shit what. crazy. You know, it's insane, man. That shit is insane. It's insane. But then you had for money. For money, yeah, but shorts a lot of the time yeah, oh, all the time, right? Um, so then you got you got to get insurance on your your kid. You got to get insurance on your chap, and it's a morbid thing to think about. You know what I'm saying? That's like it brings on this brooding sense of like, oh, just darkness, and yeah. I don't want to think about that kind of shit. But then it's like, okay. But you ain't going to be able to go back to work immediately. And the job don't give a fuck about whatever happened in your family. Yeah, not at all. They just don't. Right. They just don't unless you're a part of a startup and you're an integral piece to that startup, your mission essential, then motherfuckers is going to give you everything you need to get back because you're a contingent part of that plan. You know what I mean? We need, we, 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 we betting on this as a win, you know? It's, it's, it's just like how basketball got their strings. Football got their strings. You know what I'm saying? What is it, 32? How many people on a football team? 50, 52. So there's, there's three of each? Or it might be 56. But... It's like three of each somewhere around here? What do you mean, three of each? Because it's 16 people on the field, right? There's 11. 11. 11 people on the field? 11 people on the field. So that's five times what we need. Right. Over five times. 5.4 times what we need. Okay, and then basketball, you got what? It's 15 players on a team. And five start? Yeah. And you got a second string and a third string? Yeah, pretty much. So that does that does that sound like a contingency plan? I'm not sure. I'm not oh, yeah, the big sure. sports guy, but. No, I mean, it definitely is. Like, when you put it like down like that, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, like, people need rest, too. So, like, you got to sub people in and stuff like that. And, like, a motherfucker yeah, break their toe right there under the basket. Those guys are definitely there for stuff like that, like injury and stuff like that. Like, you got to be able to, like, have another guy step in. Because the game's not going to end because your quarterback broke their leg. Bring in the backup. You know, but you got to be able – you got to have a, you gotta have a, the capital to support a decent – Sixth man. Right. So the capital is still important in that at the same time. For sure. Because the capital allows you to facilitate things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the crisis may be, cash helps facilitate whatever you may need within that crisis. Yeah, absolutely. You seen no country for man? Uh, not entirely. Just, oh, man. Just like parts. That shit super old, so ain't no spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> yeah, the man broke his arm bad. The bone was popping out, but it popped yeah, out his fucking that. arm. Yeah. He, you see how he gave the kid a hundred dollars? Give me, I give you a hundred. He gave him two hundred dollars, I think, all together. He gave him for the shirt and the bike. Okay. So I don't know where the where the transition came in that, but. Uh, <laughs> We was talking about no country for old men and how um, Friendo paid the kids like 200 bucks for the bike and 
the shirt, right, when he got into the car accident and the bone popped out of the skin. The kids was like, look at that fucking bone. <laughs> Your favorite. Or when when he had it, he had to be, he had to get creative, and he blew the car up off front of the, the drugstore in order to be able to get the pills, the the, uh, the pills and all the kit that he needed to uh, sew up his bullet wounds when he had got shot in the leg with that shotgun. Um, or Fifty Cent in that one movie where he, where he wanted his his little brother to be the genius and go to school and shit like that, and he became a killer, and he paid to do like. A hundred bucks for the bike, so he can pull that hit on them dudes sitting on the car, lay, sitting in the car, laying on him. You know what I mean? He didn't expect them dudes to be laying on him, trying to kill him, right? But once he got win, he was able to use his funds to mobilize another tactics, which was buying the bike, right? He had the Mac. He went and bought that bike, pulled up right in front of him, and sprayed that car up, right from the front. So. I mean that's a, that's an egregious example. It's a movie. It's a good movie. It was, it was a good part of a movie, but it was it's 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 an extreme demonstration of what it means to have a contingency plan or have a contingency mindset um, to say that shit come with me. I know that I'm going to be able to think through it. You know what I mean? Right. And at a moment's notice, not giving up or giving in. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Oh, what was me? I just don't know. I'm so tired of this shit always happening to me. And I, 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 now you end up at the top of a building. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's so tragic, man. It's such a tragic fucking thing that somebody feels like they need to take their lives, their beautiful life, over this phenomenal world. You know what I mean? Right. Like, our experiences here on this planet is temporary. No matter how you shape it. Right. We want immortality. That's why we drive the way we do within the time that we do have here. Mm-hmm. But our time is limited and we know that. So therefore, the exodus of anyone shouldn't really make us feel terrible, but it does. Yeah. Right? And then you start to peel the layers back of why does it make us feel bad when somebody has an untimely or what we consider as, as an untimely exodus from this human experience or from this uh, this physical or phenomenal realm. It's usually some type of, like you said, what was inside you. You said you was your, your own worst critic. Mm-hmm. You was on your own ass. Right. So I feel like when something like that happens, the motherfuckers are like, man, I never... I should have, I should have, I could have, if only, you know what I mean? And that study chips at, chips away at them and it's hard for them to move on from that position because they have done everything but, but forgive themselves within that experience. Right. And that is a part of that nine point criteria that Jim Lukaszewski was talking about. Um, just that negative shit, man, and, and harping on it and thinking about it and not being able to move, letting that paralyze you where you are. It's okay to, to feel polarized by something. However, you still must exercise some polarity, which means you can't stay in that one place for too long. Right. Um, 
so yeah, let me go back into uh, contingency readiness. And this is from the content is part of the essential guide from disaster prevention and mitigation strategies. Strike early and often. A contingency plan. A contingency plan is a course of action designed to help an organization respond effectively to a significant future event or situation that may or may not happen. So we giving you the same. We giving you this this definition over and over again because we we needed to to hammer home that this needs to become a regular part of your vernacular. Contingency needs to be something that you're talking about on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Uh, if your car went down now, what's your contingency? You know, are you catching the train? Are you catching the bus? Um, if your significant other walks out on you or betrays you in a certain kind of way, what's your contingency? You know, what's your support system? You know, who's your support system um, to help you get back to a neutral space? Um, you have legal matters. You know, who's on your defense team? If you have financial issues, who's, um, for lack of better terms, your bank of your support of support? Um, the what this web the, this the, this web page goes on to talk about uh, a contingency a, conting, a contingency plan is sometimes referred to as a plan B because it can be also used as an alternative for action if expected results fail to materialize. Contingency planning is a component of business continuity, disaster recovery, and risk management. So I agree with everything besides the, the plan B thing, because if you're thinking about a plan B, then there's no way that you're giving your 100% to plan A. You understand what I'm saying? Um, a contingency mindset is trusting yourself to be able to execute a satisfying decision in the time of need. Right. We're not talking about having Russell Westbrook. What was that? What play was that? When uh, he was he should have gave it. He should have gave the, he should have gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Are you talking about Russell Wilson? That's what I said. Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't his call. But yeah. Wait, whoever call that was. Pete Carroll's call. But yeah. Whoever call that was. It, the effective leader in that position would have made the decision that would have granted them the victory of the game, not cost them cost them the victory of the game. Right. So it's just that split decision, that hair of a second decision in you in in the in the means of you thinking like a victor or a victim. And that's practice. It takes practice. You don't just start thinking like a winner overnight. Like I'm watching Coco Golf the other day and the 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 sports commentator was just like she's just a winner. And that just can't be taught. It can be taught if you're teaching yourself, right? Right. If you're leaving affirmations to yourself every day that I'm a winner, my brain just conjures up decisions or ideas to help me be resolute at all times because the universe is conspiring to give me everything that I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wake up in a great world, right? So uh, the strategy is always going to work f to support my success, even in its failing. Mm -hmm. Right. Thomas Edison said, I didn't find uh, 9,999 9, ways that didn't, 999 ways that didn't work. Or uh, 
something like that shit, man. You know what I'm talking about. But the 10,000th time, he was like, man, you know, I got it, basically. You know what I mean? I don't know why I'm tongue-tied on it. I say that. I'm talking about that quote all the time. He like, um, I just found, I just found 10,000 ways that it didn't work. You know what I mean? So I just need to find another way to make it work. And you have to be, you have to find resolve within that. You know what I mean? If you know that this is the thing that calls you and is nagging you in the night, then how dare you give up on it? You wouldn't give up on your kid. Some of you might. I can't say everybody. Some of you might. But that's how I I treat my ideas like I treat myself. I treat like I treat my family, my son, because it's me. It's a part of me. The idea has come from me. That's why in business meetings, uh, it's hard for a person to share themselves, especially when it comes to ideas, because they don't want to look stupid. They're emotionally attached to the idea. And if you get your ideas shut down three times, you're like you you likely to shut down for the meetings from here on out because you're like shit. Every time I say something, ain't nobody listening to me. No way. You know what I mean? How many times has that happened to you? I'm sure that's happened. Probably happened to you today. You might be in a relationship, whether romantic or otherwise, where you don't feel like your ideas or opinion is valued. Yet you stay. Some of us don't even have a statement for what it means to be contingent and or ready. It's not even a part of our repertoire, daily rhetoric. So if that's not even within your your daily criteria for being and moving your philosophy, then you, we know you're not conducting business on 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 that level. So you're not even paying attention to the impact that you're driving, which could be positive or negative. You don't know. And if you don't know, you can't identify ahead of time where you might go wrong. Because this isn't this isn't a deliberate approach. You flying through the sheets of the wind like a sheet in the wind. So, without that a de- deliberate approach, how can you strategize for hire? You can't. At least when you know where you're trying to go, a part of your strategy could be that trust. Trust is what uh, the yogi call a cross between integrity and information. It's trust. Do you have a system in place? That's what I was talking about earlier. I'd rather have some friends, man. Are you already in, incorporate? Do you have a mind or like me and Kev was we was just kicking it to, with his homegirl Tammy about this the other day of you know being scientists on a day to day basis like um, using the scientific method. If you don't know what the scientific method is, I, I urge I strongly urge you. It would behoove you <laughs> to look it up, Google it. You know what I mean? Google behoove. 
behoove too. Yeah, Google behoove while you at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you need to be, like I said, I practice at this at all times. This is a mindset, and you have to train this mindset. This is the mindset of a winner. You know what I mean? I make these kind of decisions because I know how to execute. I know I'm going to win. You know what I mean? That's that's a huge dignified trust in yourself. It's an honorable approach in your walking and in your speech. You dig? And you got to be constantly tweaking this. This requires a love of learning, man. Because you have to constantly tweak your approach and your strategies to things until you out here. And don't just stop. It don't stop. It don't stop till your body drop. And then it's over. And then and it, it, it depending on how well you plan, like uh how they used to do in those ancient dynasties, even how they do now, people still make hundred year plans. Some people get caught up in doing five and ten years. But once you can do a five and ten, that's a skill. Once you can do a five and ten year plan real well, it's time to start upping it. Let's do a 25 year plan. Let's do a 30-year plan. Let's do a 100-year plan. So even when I ain't here, if my nephews, my nieces, my cousins, my, my friends, my kids, they ain't into nothing, they find my journal, they find this, and they get the plan, or I leave a plan to them, we can get it rocking. You know what I'm saying? That's contingency. That's the importance of contingency in being a sovereign business person. Because in America, you afforded that. At least in these United States, in the Republic, you're able to make as much money as you want to. In fact, you can't really make less money than the market allows because you corrupt in the market system, right? Sure. So, what's your contingency on freedom? Like when I tell people what I got on the agenda, shout out to David, my my Lyft driver today, because I, I happened to get him twice. I don't know how that happened, hmm. but he asked me, "What's my, what am I doing? What's the next big things I got going on?" And uh, I proceeded to tell him. So once I told him, though, he was like, well, what are you going to do with all of that? Like, do you have like an ultimate plan or anything like that? And like I always like I often say on here, man, I'm glad you asked. And that's when I went in and told him about the community center I want to have for the Lower East Side, because, you know, uh, I could like he was saying he from the East Side as well. He was like, man, I couldn't wait to get out of there, man. He living in Amherst now, and he like, I don't even want no parts of the city, even though the city's starting to be back booming. You know what I mean? And and I'm like, man, me either. I couldn't wait to get up out of there. Now that I'm out of there, all I can do or all I want to do is is bring services back. You know what I mean? Or be of service in a major way back to that community. He threw his hands up like, yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, that's crazy. You know? So... Uh, I also won a country club and he was just like, I was like, so I was like, wouldn't it be great? Like we just met each other twice today. Wouldn't it be great if, 
You know what I mean? I'd be like, yo, I love this conversation that we have, man. Meet me over at this such and such club, like how we got with like a club like called the Buffalo Club. Like, come on over. I'm going to introduce you to some friends. You have a meal, get some to drink, something like that. Hang out, you know what I'm saying, on some real business shit. And then see where that might go as far as like a brain trust or business trust, development trust, whatever. And how we might be able to utilize this person. Because this person has X amount of years of experience with driving for the NFTA. He's working with the NFTA. And in his spare time, he's driving Lyft. So he's around. He sees things. He's from a different perspective in life. He sees things from that perspective in life. He had good ideas. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's all about really aligning yourself with your values, man, because like how the song is saying in the background, players always get chose. And if you're a real player in the game, it's hard to miss you, man. It's hard to miss you. You know what I mean? It's when people see you. You know what I mean? They, they start to add up what you got on and everything because they see that you are of a certain caliber. You know what I mean? They're like, man, shit, I see you. Goose just bought like Cactus Jack. What you buy all at one time? To my shoes, cactus jacks. You, you yeah, bought. I got the cactus jack. The shatter. Uh, what shatter would you? backboard. Yeah, and some wave runners. All at one time. And I got the bread forwards also. Yeah. So he spent like two grand, twenty five hundred on sneakers, all in one whopper, right. right? But when you wear those, you ain't really trying to explain them, is you? You ain't wearing them to explain nah. what these are. Nah. This is for those who know. Right? Right, right, and for those who know, though, they may they are likely of the group that respects. For sure, and they're gonna be like, "Yo, that shit, them shits is fire." Yeah, right, right. That's how I treat everything. You know what I mean? Like my young boy was saying that he had on some some FOG, some fogs the uh, like a couple weeks ago. Fear of gods, and he was at a function, and he trying to kick it, and he talking about some really good things, and, and chopping it up, and all the person that was that he was kicking it with was just like, yo, but you got on fear of gods though. Shout out Bengali, you know what I mean? And I was telling him this years ago, like, you know, that's just a part of the culture. Motherfuckers want to see you, yeah, and they want to see you more than just putting their eyes on you. They want to feel you. They want to feel what your expression is. Right. And I don't mean that you need to go broke living outside your means or anything like that. It's just that you're leaving an indelible mark no matter if you're paying attention to it or not. So it's it's best to be deliberate in your approach. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm wearing Cactus Jacks because... I'm weeding out all the people who don't rock with Cactus Jacks because the person that likely does rock with these or have them, could afford them, whatever, is on my level. That's how I think because, I mean, I know everybody is, is not that way, but that's immediately how I'm going to think because I woke up in a good world. Yeah. And the universe is conspiring. So why would I think that this person is not on that level? And maybe we can have a fruitful conversation about business. After all, this is a this is a trophy. It's a talking point. I want you to come talk to me because we never know where this may lead, which is a contingency, a deliberate contingency for business. 
I'm trying to drum up a sale. I'm drumming up talking points so that that makes the, 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 the ability to sell that much or that less that much less difficult. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean that's the only way. That's the only way as as brother is the is the prophet Nip say to keep on balling is to have contingency set to ball. And balling has to mean more to you than just having financial success. It has to mean the wealth of freedom, the abundance of freedom. Because you'll strategize to not only maintain but sustain said freedom. Guys without persons without plans could it's easier for them to end up locked up because they didn't have a plan. They get killed out here. It's like it goes hand in hand with them saying that man, I'm they're gonna die out here in the streets. But you ain't got a plan. That's your plan. You see what I'm saying? Right. We don't often plan for that big, hairy, audacious goal or success because we don't often see that success proximal to where we are. And then even when we try, we got a, a gaggle of motherfuckers around us that can't do nothing but their best, which is to tear us down. Right. And they don't even mean to. Right, you gotta forgive them because they don't they, they know not what they do. But it's your fault to stay. Once you wise enough to know the difference, here's that word again, it will behoove you to make a move. It's about implementation just as much as it is about the strategy. The strategy means nothing without execution. You have to be implementing. You have to be executing. You have to be a killer. An apex predator. I'm going to survive. You know, you got motherfuckers doing naked and afraid of shit because it's like, you know, I I I I need to I need to push myself. Um to be better, I don't know, to, to, just to, to my limits or to find out how I can survive or whatever. They come to the invisible third worlds of the new world. I'm going to talk about this book uh, by Virginia Eubanks. It's called Automating Inequality. How high-tech tools profile the poor. It's, it's, oh man, it's phenomenal, man. It's a phenomenal read. I'm, on, I'm currently only halfway through it. Shout out Andy Burnett again. He, he uh, recommended that read to me. Uh, in the midst of, 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 of what's going on, you know what I mean? 
They, they got high-tech tools to profile police and punish the poor. But this is that marginalization, you know what I'm saying? Like, and this is why, like, I, I be feeling like I be needing to have this conversation because it's so important for us to realize that, yes, you have the, we have the equity. There's no need to keep talking about um, the status quo as far as, well, they racist and they won't let us. Okay? All right? That's one vantage. What about the doers on the other side of that? That's making shit happen. That's not let, allowing anybody to stagnate them. Think about how much energy that it takes for them to get a square mile and within their endeavor because you are too busy occupied by they won't let us. Oh my God, I'm so tired. Ah, da, 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 da. Imagine if you took that energy and focused it with brother or sister or group or them or they and been of some type of support or assistance. I guarantee you they would have it that much easier. But that would require, again, for you to have those values and to use those values to set a contingency for yourself because helping out somebody else could be something along, an opportunity along your path. I told you I love contract work, man. I be getting offers, man. And I'm just, I'm just excited for where I'm headed. You know what I mean? Because I've been contingent upon my success deliberately. Oh, my freedom. Um, I feel like my freedom is hinged upon my success and vice versa. There's a certain class of people that get to do a lot more with their freedom, with this body, with this experience in life than I get to. And I want to experience that. And if I don't get to experience it, even if I do, I want generations after me to be able to experience it because the generations before them has invested so much in these lives within the struggle that we need to be getting. We can reap the abundance of life, the fruits of our endeavors for ages to come. You know, I'm tired of manifesting pain and hurt. We, we, we got to bury another one of my cousins, brother to my cousin that just passed away eight months ago. They're both 25. You know what I mean? My cousin being a father, shout out to him. What do you say? What do you say to that? What can you say? My Aunt Jackie, talking about she ready to go home. She got stage four cancer down in Memphis. Shout out to her, my mom, one of my mom's eldest siblings. You know what I mean? Shout out cousin Mike. What do you do? found my cousin Cuban in Memphis dead a week after my cousin got killed eight months ago. I just found that out. You know what I mean? It's just, it just be shit, man. You know what I mean? And it be a lot of, I feel like, for lack of better terms, man-made hurt because we're not paying attention. We're not contingent on our intentions. 
We just move. We just wake up every day and we do whatever we do. We do. I mean, we, we do our thug thizzle. And that's cool. You should have your bop. You should have one, your one-two. You should be making people, as my as my home, my little homies in the Bronx say, make make them respect your body. You heard? You should. But how are you doing it? Me and Janine was just kicking it today. Is there's nothing new under the sun? But it's not say it's never what you do, but how it's done. I remember getting in trouble when I was a kid. Often hearing, it's not what you said; it's how you said it. That's not how you talk to such and such. That's not how you talk to me. I'm sure y'all didn't heard that too. But in those times where you had that poverty of thought to where you said that thing where you could have said something more, you could have said something better, I guarantee you that was a time that you weren't mindful because you didn't have a plan. Likely you was just talking. You did what I mean? That shit cold. That's cold, Goose. Um... So I think that's it. What else we got for him, Goose? I mean, I think <clears throat> I think that was everything we were trying to talk about. Um, the only other thing I could think of is like uh, the contingent, like being contingent, playing ready is like it could also be for positive situations too. You know what I'm saying? So Damn right. That's the that's the biggest always, point. It doesn't always have to be for shit hitting the fan or something just not going the right way. That's the it biggest. Could, it could be for you know, like some like a rare goal that you set for yourself. That somehow you know you wake up one morning and you hit that, and now it's like okay, well, then what's next? You know, what I'm saying you gotta have that plan for the next step. That's what the fuck I'm talking about right there, Goose. That's what I'm. That's the main thing I'm talking about with this whole podcast. Right. That contingency readiness is cool when shit hit the fan. The the shit that's. That I like to call providential because it's, it's it, all this shit is preparing you for a future eventuality, right? But if you have a plan off top of where you trying to go, you can set contingencies at bay within that, so you can start to prepare for shit. Like so, like boom, let's say you volunteer. You say I volunteer, right? And within that volunteering, people recognize your servant leadership. And because they recognize your servant leadership, they want to offer you or extend you some type of position, right? And because they extend you some position, you make yourself look good. You also make them look good. And then somebody else that was there in that position was like, yo, we like how you do your thing. We want to do something else with you, right? You can plan. You can duplicate those kind of events over and over again, right? But there's something else that can pop out, a good consequence that can pop out because of that. Right. Which is even bigger gigs right. on even bigger platforms. You have to have a plan for those things too. Come on, come on! You have to be planning for success. Don't be planning to fail. Failing is natural. You're gonna do that. You don't need assistance with that. Go on and get it to failing out the way. Get it done now. Get it the fuck out the way. And learn how to win. That's a skill of building contingency plans over and over and over and over again. Developing deeper trust 
for yourself and your surroundings. If you can fall, you can think of scaling larger heights because I'm no longer thinking about the fall. I'm thinking about how high I can go. Superman had this, the, the cave of solitude because he didn't always know how to fly. His father left him directives. Jor-El left him directives to learn how to jump higher and faster in order to propel himself, to thrust himself into flying. He had to teach himself how to do that. But for the longest time, Superman was only able to, to, to leap the highest building in a single bound. You don't believe me? Go back and check his history. So you couldn't be more correct, Goose, man. It's about setting the contingency plan for success. Contingency readiness, as we started to talk about this when I was in the military, was all about us being successful in wartime, in the time of a crisis, right? We could talk all that shit when we around when I'm in the military, but you ain't ready. You ain't, you, 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 it's been peaceful. So are you ready? You ain't done nothing. You ain't had to hit nobody in the mouth. You ain't got hit in the mouth. So how we know you ready? How we know we getting our money's worth? Right? For your service. So what we going to do is we're going to take a week or 10 days or two weeks or a month and we're going to practice contingency readiness for this entire month. 16 hour days or more. Non-stop. We got Supervisors, we got first shirts on 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 in the field asking us regulations, and you bet not give the wrong rig or you're getting paperwork. You dig? Even if you needed to say, I'm not exactly sure, but I can look that up. Give me one second. Let me get the regulations and look that up. That's a much better answer than I don't know. What the fuck you mean you don't know? You know how many, fuck just your life and your career. You know how many other lives and careers is at stake off of your I don't know? The nerve of you. The audacity. The gall. I'm appalled that you even thought that you can get that off. Well, see, that was then. But in life, yeah, you can be distracted by giving motherfuckers paperwork. But I ain't even, I don't got time to stop and slow down and get you no paperwork. Because there's no permanent friends or enemies, right? Unless you make them that way. It's about how you design this thing. I can't, I can't get it across to you more than I've already had. I just hope that from now on, if you happen to tune into this episode, you're one of those that now look at life like I'm in charge and I need to be setting some deliberate intention here. I need to really be planning, not saying that that shit like we was talking about the other episode of 
Well, that wasn't my intention. Yeah, all right. You got to be able to overcome yourself. Whenever you're able to overcome yourself, you realize there is no enemy. You know what I mean, Google? I do. I'm hoping we got. I'm hoping we got something through the yard today. Um, I mean, we do everything. I mean, we live our we live our lives. And we give it give it to you on here, on this platform, and I'm excited to do it all the time. So, to the kings and queens, keep doing your thing, man. Keep letting your light shine, man. You're a beacon. And sometimes, most times, we need you to shine your light, man. Shine your lights through them cracks, man. Because as, as someone once said, that's the only way the light gets out and in. And for those of us that's into that kind of thing, we need that light. We need to see you. We need to be able to salute you. I know I do because I need to be inspired. Give me something to reach toward, man. Give me something to taste. I need that. I got to have it. As a matter of fact, it's deeper than the need. It's just... This is just the way my life is set up, man, for better or for worse. So when you see me, don't feel sorry for me. Pray for me. Pray to get me get muster more energy to get to where I'm going to get to. Other than that, then, then I'm a sorrowful soul because I ain't going to never stop. You know, it's that tears of a clown kind of deal. And I refuse to be that. You dig? I, well, I refuse to have you look at me like that and not care. You know what I mean? So I'm going to tap directly into you or those who want it just like how I want it because we're stronger together than we are apart. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm going to keep shining right here because uh, it's working. You know what I mean? Shout out to the people who came with me, who reaching out, who stepping out of that go zone. I got a lot of folks still in the go zone. You know what I mean? And, and, and still scared to kick it with me and reach out with me. But I'm here. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for you. You know what I mean? Reach out. Let's connect. Let's let's do it even bigger. You know what I mean? Because that's all that's gonna happen once 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 we connect. It's gonna it's gonna get stupid. You know what I mean? It's gonna get crazy. So yeah, um, guys and goddesses, y'all know what y'all need to keep doing. You gotta keep creating, baby. You know what I mean? In this time right now that we living in, man. I don't think you should be thinking about anything else but ownership, man. You know, um, we just got free not too long ago, about 50 years ago. So I think like as a reparations period, as for everybody, you know, in this country that we live in that supports it the most is ownership. We should be considering what it means to own ourselves first then the content that we create, produce, and then 
you know, the phenomenal things, terrestrial things after that. You know what I'm saying? Like the things we consume, we should be trading on those things. We should be um, owning properties because, again, that's something that we can cons we consume. Everything that we consume, we should be in high ownership over. We should be receiving some type of dividend over that because it's costing us to live. So we should be remunerating some type some type of way. You know what I mean? So I think that's my mindset with everything. That's my contingency for everything is to be remunerative on all my endeavors or in all my endeavors. You know what I'm saying? When I bust that Tesla, man, we immediately helping the environment. Uh, we helping my bank account. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we helping so much. You know what I'm saying? Headache is, is so much. You know what I mean? You get solar panels on your house, man. You It's helping. You know what I'm saying? You get you, we we have to start looking at what it means to look after one another, man. You know, they automate inequality out here, people. You know what I'm saying? In an age where it won't be denied. You know what I mean? It's not a game, man. Ownership is where it's at. You should be reaping the royalties, man. Instead of just existing, somebody... Uh, gave their life in an investment for you to live yours. You know what I mean? You are a perfect genetic makeup of 50% your mother, 50% your father. Somebody paid for them to be there. You know what I mean? And what are you doing? What are you doing? Who is you putting on? Who is you helping out? Who is you inspiring? What is you giving back to? Who knows you for doing that? You're a big dog, right? Well, what are you barking at? Who hear that? Because you'll get your wind, your windpipe crushed around here. And this dog fight, it's tough. You got to make it out here. And those that shudder when I say that, don't be mad at me. Be mad at the world that made me. It's that talk from the bottom, baby. Where we're going to do whatever it takes to make it. You know what I mean? This is that coming back for the imagination and for the grit because I was born creative, problem solving, and resilient. Imagination is something that they try to take from me. Got it back now. We got it back. So we got the vision. And now we're going to persevere to make the vision whole. So until the next time, my phoenixes, flame on. Oh, Goose, where can they find you at? My fault. Goose Wavy on everything. My fault, my fault. But you know where to find me at, man. You know where I'm at. I'm right here all day. You know what I mean? You can catch me on IG sometime. You know what I mean? I only use it really for marketing purposes. Um, shout out my man, Kevin, Conduit Conversations. I'm going to be helping him out with that over there if he'll have if he, You know what I mean? Hopefully, you know, I'm expanding. You know what I mean? I'm over there with them, too. Um uh LinkedIn, YouTube, Phoenix Innovation Group. We got these behind the scene videos from the podcast on there. Um in the community, shout out Meta Impact. I'm I'm around, man. I'm around. Shout out my people everywhere. And shit, Houston, Atlanta, China, India, everywhere, man. Shout out my people everywhere, Canada. Uh, Rochester, shout out my people everywhere, man. You know what I mean? Carolinas, my people.
my loved ones, my highlight y'all, to my phoenixes, flame on.